Welcome to Hey Yes, but my phone's ringing. <laughs> what terrible timing. <laughs> Wonderful timing on that. Uh, yeah, we're here. We're, we're Hey Yes, but again, back at it. Back, back at it again six. with all that bullshit. Back yep. at it again at the Krispy Kreme. Yep. And today we're talking about characters again. Shock, surprise. We're talking about characters yeah. that have been done dirty. Yes, characters yeah. that have been done dirty. And what do we mean when we say done dirty, Ben? Like when when we when we're talking about this, we mean characters who either act completely like just opposite of how their character would normally act. Or somebody that was kind of, like, fudged in the adaption. Basically, characters that don't... That aren't... They get fucked up. You know, they get fucked over either by writers or time or whitewashing. Various things can fuck up a character, I think. All right. Yeah. yeah. I hear I you. Hear and mm-hmm. let's, let's do it to it. Yeah, yeah. Should I start Who with this? Who wants to go first? Yeah, we, <laughs> Travis and I still have to think of examples. So Ben, you right. go ahead. Yeah. So the character, the character I thought of, or maybe think of this question when I was watching, like highlights on YouTube, and then started watching the show again. He's from Parks and Rec. Oh. He's pretty much only in like the first two seasons. I'm talking about Mark Brendanowitz. Yeah. Yeah. He was the city planner, mm-hmm. and. Honestly, like going, I like to go back through Parks and Rec and watch for a specific character. Like, that's how I really I thoroughly enjoyed, like, Tom Haverford, who, on like the first couple of times watching the show, I just kind of fucking hated. Yeah. And same for uh, Ben Schwartz's character. I can't think of his name right now. Um, um, I don't John, John Ralphio. Ralphio. Yeah. John yeah. Ralphio, that's what yeah. it is. But we're talking about Mark Brandon, I went through real quick. Um, so he's kind of a huge dick, kind of a huge womanizer, but only the other characters really say that. And he himself tries to like make up for that fact and is trying to grow, but the show right. really won't let him. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with you, Ben. Yes. Yeah. Even the actor him damn self was like, you know, I was poised to come back. I was ready to come back to Parks and Rec after like a break or something, mm-hmm. you know? But the writers never got back in contact with him. That actor, by the way, is Paul Schneider, who mm-hmm. is excellent, um, has been in a lot of really good movies, but I would highly recommend All the Real Girls, which yeah. is a romantic. I was about to say comedy, but comedy is not the right word. It's a, it's a dramedy. Um, it's got, like, Zoe Deschanel, and it's by one of my favorite directors, David Gordon Green. And it's really, really good. I would highly recommend giving it a watch. And then watching all of David Gordon Green's other works, including one of my favorite movies of all time, Undertow. So, I really like Paul Schneider, and I completely agree with you, Ben, because he's, he's truly a very talented actor. He's and doesn't get enough love. That's very true. He's yeah. also in the first season of the Creepypasta show. It's on Shudder right now. I can't think of what the fuck it's called. Uh, but it has to do with Candle Cove, which mm. is a really huh. it's a really fun Creepypasta. Yeah. Oh, I love... Candle Cove was like my first Creepypasta. Oh, it was a bunch of people's and it's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's um, also in um, Lars and the Real Girl, which is a really good movie. Okay. Oh. So... Let's see. Oh, Channel Zero is the name of the show. Ah. 
But uh, the last time I tried to watch it, I was really high on mushrooms. And Hell yeah. And it started to look like a mosaic painting, and it got oh, real no. weird. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's yeah. my first example. Do either of you have another have one, or do you want me to go again? Because I have a couple. I've got one. Okay, what you got, Ari? I have an example. Um, Ramona Flowers. Ooh. Slash ah, all yes. the women the, in the Scott Pilgrim vs. the World movie adaptation. Man. Yeah. I watched that for the first time recently, and it just made my skin crawl. Uh, yeah. It's just... Like, I understand, like, why why there's so much love for it, but man... Well, well, I am actually one of those people. I love it. I love the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it is... I think it's the best video game movie we have. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not technically a video game movie, because it's not based off a video game, but let's be real. It's a video game movie. It is a video game movie, but... Mm-hmm. Like, 100%. Um, but... All of the women totally get the shaft. Yeah, they fucking do. <laughs> Compared to their count, the comic book counterparts, for sure. Like mm. Ramona is a much more because um, in the movie she's basically like a deadpan manic pixie dream girl. In yeah. the in the comic, she she's set up as a manic pixie dream girl, but she in the end she's just as spacey and in a lot of ways, kind of in an arrested development as, like, mm. as Scott is. Um, same with Kim Pines, the drummer. They uh, they took down her role. They cut a lot of, like, what she does in the comic book. They cut it out of the movie mm. adaptation. Um, and I know it's just, like, an issue of time. Like, they had six books to, to condense into one 90-minute movie. But yeah. in in the comic book, she does a lot more, and she's very important to like Scott's arc. Um, and and in the movie, they just kind of make her a deadpan, like cool drummer girl. Yeah. Um, and I think I think the only character, like female character, who really like survives this is this actually one. Knives Chow. Mm. Ah. Like pretty much, the knives we get in the movie is the knives in the comic book. Okay. Well, so. I feel like that was easier to do with knives because if she's if you're saying she's exactly the same in the graphic novel as she is in the movie, she's very two dimensional. Um, I would say she definitely has more dimension in the graphic novel. She's not exactly the same. Again, time and space. Oh, God, yeah. But she... So Knives has a character arc in the graphic novel, right? Because when she she starts, she's the 17-year-old who's dating Scott. And her role is like, again, the 17-year-old who's dating somebody who's, you know, 20-something years old. Yeah, like mid-20s, I think, right? I think Scott's like 24 at the beginning of the graphic yeah, novel. Yeah, that, that's... Yeah, oh God, it's that's real cool. squidgy. And everybody makes fun of him for, like, mm-hmm. you know, dating the 17-year-old. And that's all she kind of is in the beginning. But then towards the... Um, as the story goes on, she really, like, grows up and comes into her own and realizes, like, what a douchebag Scott is. Yeah. You know? Which is again, Scott's such a fucking douchebag. You can't, you can't ignore that. But yeah, 
I would say if you watch the movie and you like the movie, read the graphic novels. They are fantastic. Hmm. Hmm. That's something I really enjoy is when a show introduces characters that are very narcissistic and very self-centered. Sure. And then the characters around them just fucking dig on them and hate on them every chance they get, you know, like community. (laughs) Yes. In the, um, you know, uh, oh God, Steve, Steve Justice. No, sorry, that's not his name. What's his name? The main band guy in Scott Pilgrim. Hold on. Uh, oh, the friend, the guy that plays uh, guitar. Well, Scott plays Scott plays bass. Yeah, Scott plays bass. The other guy plays like an acoustic guitar, right? Yeah, and he's the singer. Hmm. Stephen Stills. Ah. So Stephen Stills in the uh, in the graphic novel actually over the course of the novels comes out as gay and like meets this guy and starts a whole relationship with him and Scott doesn't realize it until like the last three pages of the series (laughs) when Steven kisses his boyfriend and Scott's like you're gay what's happening and Steven's boyfriend is like I hate your friends please get rid of them (laughs) <laughs> it's hilarious. But yeah, uh, just to show how like Steve, Scott is like one on one to one with Harry and lack of observational <laughs> skills. So, uh, but it's a really good, the, the graphic novel is really good and I would highly recommend checking it out. And in the adaptation, like Ramona is so much more than what they wrote her as, which is really a shame. But yeah, so that's my answer. I can dig that. Yeah. Travis, what you buddy, got, Travis? what you got? I've got um, a character that was definitely done dirty through... Uh, I mean, not... Uh, it, yeah, words, take two. Uh, a <laughs> character who got done dirty as far as like having to leave the show was... Um, the nurse Laverne Roberts from Scrubs. Yes. Because she, in the show, she died in a car wreck. And it was, well, she was, she died in the show because the creator thought that the show was about to get canceled. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, that was supposed to be a planned finale. Wow. And then the show got brought back. And obviously you can't really bring that character back from the dead she makes some cameos as like (laughs) not with that attitude you can't (laughs) yeah (laughs) she makes some cameos as uh like either in jd's daydreams or like she just shows up and and people go why does she look so familiar yeah doesn't she come back as another nurse named shirley i think that might be what it is. Yeah, because of Laverne and Shirley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But as, like, as a character, Laverne just got done dirty by having to be written out because yeah. of that. Like, I really, I really wish they not really had the foresight to think that they wouldn't get canceled because obviously, like, I feel like any show's biggest fear is getting canceled. Sure, oh God, yeah. But um, I feel like they could have at least kept her around because Laverne as a character was fantastic. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of sucks that she had to be written off the show in the way that she did. And that is a beautiful episode that she's in, that 
she dies. Yeah. Yeah. I saw um, a Hard Times article yesterday, and I sent it to you, Travis, but I just want to share it with yes, our viewers. It's I, like, yeah, I know. Quarantine <laughs> forcing Scrubs fan to admit existence of season nine. Oh, God. Because <laughs> uh, I stopped watching Scrubs way before then, and yep. it turns out I was right. I think I stopped at, like, season seven or eight, and I tried going back to season nine in, like, the middle. Oh, God. I I enjoy Scrubs a lot, but it was never mm. a show that I, like, watched religiously. Mm. Um, mostly because, even though I know Scrubs is a musical, it's not a musical, is a uh, medical comedy, I am not one for medical dramas at all, and... That's you know, I don't know. I, I think I was just like, uh, medical dramas suck. I don't want to watch this medical comedy for similar reasons. Right. That being said, it is one of the more screen accurate medical shows I have heard. out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just get Grey's Anatomy flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Sorry to Grey's Anatomy fans. It's not you, it's me. It's, all, it's also Scrubs a little is, bit of you. It's one of those, one of the only two like medical shows I enjoy watching from time to time. Yeah. I like seeing individual episodes of House occasionally. Hmm. Right. But That's I a show like, I have trouble. Yeah. Yeah, going back to after the uh after the finale cuz it just felt just so neatly tied up and I just yeah. Yeah, I get it. Hmm. All right. You ready for round 2? Oh yeah. yeah. Gonna bring the heat with this one from the Harry Potter series. Boop, boop, boop. Gonna talk about Lavender Brown's depiction. Because yeah. the first couple of times we see her in the movies, she is very faithful to the books. However, the third time we see her, because it looks like three Come actresses have played in, her. Um... I can't remember if it was the fifth movie or the sixth movie where they did her dirty. Yep, that is okay. exactly when they did her dirty because it's the third actress that plays her. They went from African-American lady to African-American lady to whitewashing the shit out of the character. Okay, I will go ahead and say this in defense of the Lavender Brown casting decision. Okay. All right. That was not a conscious decision to whitewash. So oh. I don't actually think Lavender Brown's race is ever stated in the novels. It is. It is? When? It is. It's like when we first meet her. It is like stated, I believe, that she it's not like it's not like the book says she is black or she is African American, but I am like ninety nine percent certain the first time she's introduced, like JK like describes the character as an African American lady. Huh. And then like the third time we see her when she kisses one of Ron's brothers, that's when she is white. I No, she kisses Ron. She she and Ron date. Yeah. Um, I don't so I have seen as an explanation for that. And again, Harry Potter is so white, quite frankly, too white. <laughs> and white, so. they absolutely should have ca- they they should have cast a black character to play her in the 
six movie when her part really begins to like matter i guess Mm -hmm. um they absolutely could have and they didn't and they should have but the reason why that the actresses did change is because in the first couple of movies they just had extras and they assigned names to them from the book they didn't cast somebody to play lavender brown and then have her be lavender brown they just cast an extra and were like okay this is going to be who this is right because they never yeah, like say her I'll name give them movie. that yeah because there are a lot of names floating around harry potter exactly. like that is just a thing that's like jk rowling's thing is having a lot of like everyone has a fucking name yes uh hmm. even if they have the smallest bit of importance in any story or anything they have a name and it's usually so, a crazy like, name <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, I can. I'll, I'll give them that. Yeah. Where it's like everyone has a name, even the extras, because everyone has a name in the J.K. Rowling so universe. That's why she um, is changes actresses. Now I'm going to disagree. I don't think Lavender Brown's race is ever stated. And again, this just goes to show, like in our culture. If it's not otherwise stated, the default is white. Because every other character of color in the Harry Potter universe, in the books, is stated to have, or very obviously, not white, right? Like, you right. C- you couldn't cast the Patel twins as as white ca- I mean, you could, but it yeah, would be would egregious. Be, it would be absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> absolutely understand- <laughs> unacceptable. So, and, and, but that's a problem, is that the assumption is just that if you are not stated to otherwise be a person of color well then of course we can just assume you're white which is why like black hermione and um you know of indian descent harry is a revelation quite frankly Mm -hmm. um and something that i would incredibly support in future harry potter adaptations oh yeah 100 percent. and they definitely could have casted lavender brown with a black actress and i'm sure that there were black actresses that auditioned for the role and i'm sure that they were just as good as the girl they picked but unlike in other cases, <coughs> Aloha, hmm. I don't think that uh, the the conscious decision to whitewash was made. They probably didn't even think about it. But like, girl, let's be serious. Come the fuck hmm. on. So sorry, just to give that perspective. Hmm. <sighs> Anyways, remake the Harry Potter, remake Harry Potter into a television show, cast a black Harry and a black Hermione, oh, yeah. or an Maybe Indian Harry and a black season. Hermione. Yeah. You cowards! <sighs> and then more Asian students as well. The only one we get is Cho Chang, and she sucks. That's yeah, like, what the fuck is up with that? Yeah. So, all right, is it my turn? It is. I think so. Sorry to just kind of take that over, Ben. <laughs> I just see that in a lot. And I'm like, guys, we need to hold on. Valid, but here's why. Um, I will say the first two times they introduced the character and when she is both mentioned in the credits and shown on screen. Mm-hmm. And then change her the third time she appears. Yeah. Or that she's integral to the plot. No, I totally, on, guys. Yeah. totally yeah. get you. And Here's again, the they one. absolutely could have and should have. But, but alas. Yeah. All right. 
Um, I just finished Hannibal last week. Ooh. And so my second choice is going to be a character in Hannibal who is not shafted in the sense that he's like woefully misrepresented by the writers. He's just shafted in the sense that like, I think once per season, something that would kill a lesser person happens to him and he somehow survives. <laughs> Jesus. Hannibal spoilers. Oh man. So his name is Frederick Chilton. And when he's introduced, he like runs a psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. And he is accused of basically psychic driving one of his inmates into um, claiming the crimes of the Chesapeake Ripper. Now, we know that the inmate in question, a guy named Abel Gideon, is not the Chesapeake Ripper because Hannibal Lecter's the Chesapeake Ripper. (laughs) Nothing goes well. So in the first season, in revenge for, like... And Chilton's like, he's not a good guy. He's scummy. He wants fame. But he's not evil either. He's definitely not, you know, kills people and then cannibalizes them bad. So in the first season, he, um, while conscious, gets his intestines and other organs removed. Like, and is shown them. Barely survives that, but manages. In the second season, he gets accused and arrested for being the Chesapeake Ripper (laughs) and then shot in the face. (laughs) And then in the third season, he gets kidnapped, his lips are bitten off, and he gets set on fire. Jesus. And does he finally die after that? Nope. He survives all of it. Oh, my God. Yep. (laughs) He is alive at the end of season three. Somehow. Oh, man. And we see his lips get ripped off, and oof, it is rough. Oh, man. It's, uh, they get bitten off by another character, and Jeez. and yikes. I'm just going to yikes that. So, yeah, poor Chilton. Did not deserve this, and it's just, I think he gets shit on more than any other character in the series. Or at least the most horrifically, like, for yeah. sure. Like, other characters get shot. Other characters almost get their scalp taken off so that their brain could be eaten. Mm-hmm. But at least at least they don't get set on fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Have their lips bitten off. Have so, their oh, organs have a, taken out and shown to them. I have a question about Hannibal. Hit Did, me. Hannibal Lecter, does he eat the brains? He eats people's brains? No, he doesn't. Okay, I was going to say cuz how if he eats That's the dangerous. brains, he would have that he would have that shaken disease that you get when you eat brains, Well, right? he attempts to eat one brain and it doesn't go well. Oh. But usually the organs he takes from people are like the liver or like the kidneys mm. or the so heart. Does he take intestines to make sausage with? Lungs, yes. <laughs> sausage blend. He does indeed. This is, this is a sausage blend of three different people. Yep. <laughs> Dude, that's what fucking happens, though. And then all the while, he's like, nothing here is vegetarian, wink. And I'm just like, how did no one catch you? You dumb baby. <laughs> God, yeah, I, don't, I don't remember which movie it was, but he feeds somebody his own brains. Yeah. 
Like while what? the dude is still living, yeah. It, I don't think it's Silence of the Lambs. I think it's one of the other ones. It's got to be one of the other ones because he's barely in Silence of the Lambs. Exactly. And he doesn't get along around to a lot of people eating. It's probably Hannibal. I think it's Red Dragon. He was in prison in Red Dragon. I don't know. That's actually the one I haven't seen. No, it's um, been a long time since I've seen Red Dragon anyway. The, or rather, I've seen two Hannibal movies, and one of them is Silence of the Lambs, and the other one is the Red Dragon movie without mm. Anthony Hopkins. Okay. The other, I, I don't think like, it's called Red Dragon. It's like you mean Manhunter. The, Manhunter. The proto, yes, that's it. Like the the first quote unquote Hannibal yeah. movie. Yeah. God. All right. When what's, this is all what's over, the one? Oh, we can do this now. Let's watch all of the Hannibal Lecter movies. Yeah, let's do you it. You know what? I've I've always wanted to do that because I. What's the one where he's all like burned up, like he survives a fire or something? Hannibal Rising. Me? I don't know. The 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 only two I've seen are <laughs> Manhunter and Silence yeah, of the Lambs, know. and I know it doesn't I've happen in seen, one of those. I mean, I've seen Silence of the Lambs, but then I've only seen like one clip from one of those where he's on the phone with someone and he's got like a bunch of burns on him. Yeah, I don't know. Hannibal Rising is the one that everybody's like, guys, did we need this? And the answer is no, we didn't need this. But it's like the Hannibal origin story. Oh. Yeah. So. Yeah, we should do that, though. That'd be fun. Um, And then we should watch the Hannibal series on Netflix June 5th. Okay, anyways. Uh, <laughs> I think there's only four Hannibal movies. Hannibal, Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon, and Hannibal Rising. Yeah. Because Manhunter really doesn't count. It's just well, a Man- movie. Manhunter is, again, the one without Anthony Hopkins. So Yeah. Um, and it's got uh, the CSI guy. You know the main yeah, guy he- from the first CSI series? He plays Will Graham. Yeah, he uh. plays like, the dude in prison, right? No, he plays the dude who is the hunting he- down... The Red oh, Dragon. Okay. He's the he FBI agent. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. So, okay. yeah. But that's the character. He just gets absolutely fucked by everybody and everything. Mm. And not in the source material. That doesn't... I mean, bad things do happen to him, as far as I'm aware. And again, haven't read any of the books. But um, in the in the TV series, man, I'm shocked he's still alive. Hmm. And then Hannibal eats one of his lips. And then, like, Hannibal makes, like, he's like, I hope Francis isn't too ugly after this. And it's like, you fucking bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You suck. That's pretty much the thought that you have about Hannibal the entire time. It's just like, you fucking bitch. You dumb baby. So, Ben, you'll understand when we watch it. Okay. Hmm. I've invited Ben over to my uh, place to have a Hannibal watch party when it when it is on Netflix. Nice, Travis, you're invited too. Awesome. I just didn't think you'd say yes. So, <laughs> Kat can come too. I'll make mushroom risotto. Okay. Anyways, if you want to come <laughs> to my Hannibal watch party, too bad we don't know each other like that. We ain't friends. <laughs> I mean, we are friends, but not like hang out friends. You know what I'm saying? All right. Travis, what do you got? Uh, this is where I'm like kind of reaching because I don't really know. <laughs> That's weird. Um, I kind of want to say Devin from Letterkenny 
he gets done dirty. I think it's just because the actor like left the show to go do other things. Mm. But they just kind of ex- they don't really explain his disappearance or anything. Because yeah, like at the end off. of a season, he was like beefing with Stewart, and then they like make up, or Stewart like takes his crown back, and then Devin just bounces. Yeah. yeah. But then we get gay, right? Yes, yes, we do. Hmm. And I feel like Stuart gets done dirty a little bit too. He kind of does, especially going from season uh, five to season six or eight or something. I think I can't remember if he's still sober by season eight. But I don't know. I think he. I think he got made up for like quite a bit in that last season. Oh, well, wait, which last season? Like, the most recent season. The one where, like, he's working out a lot. Oh, okay. I, I've only watched it once, and it was while I was, like, doing other stuff, so... Mm. Okay. I don't I don't quite remember season eight right now. Now, in the middle of the show, yeah, he gets done dirty, like, quite a bit. But after, like, he gets, like, super fucking buff, and they won't stop talking about his dick. Oh, yeah. I feel like he gets made up for a little bit. But you're definitely right. In the middle and kind of the beginning of the show, they just kind of run him through the fucking mud. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's also what his character is. Like, the skids are just, like, you know, they're burnout drug sellers that don't really care they're like they're like everyone's they're like everyone's middle school goth representation that is exactly like, where i was gonna go with this like the they're goth from they're South the Park. people that when you were in middle school you saw them and went that's what goth people are like mm-hmm. and, then, <laughs> and then you decided to start shopping at hot topic yep it's valid it's on fucking point Benji, uh, what you got? Yeah. We've got Count Olaf from a series of unfortunate events, <gasps> but not the way you think. You take that but back, you son you of think. a bitch. <laughs> I am talking about from the movie with Jim Carrey. Oh. Yeah, you fuck sticks. I'm going, to, going to do the old switcheroo on you. Because right. <laughs> legitimately, Jim Carrey does an okay job. Like, you order a steak rare and it comes out like medium, not medium mm-hmm. rare, but medium, and you're like, I don't want to complain about this because I kind of got what I wanted, but it's not perfect. Right. That's what Count Olaf in the movie is like, because most everything else from the movie is pretty good, other than the time constraints and them trying to fit three books into one movie. Right. Is fine, but a lot of the casting choices are fucking great. Yeah. From what I remember the movie. but Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, at least, like, that's the point where we get to see it, like, fixed. Violet also kind of gets the shaft in that movie as she well. She does. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. She's got, like, a very little agency and isn't as smart as, like, her book counterpart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, ain't that just the way, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, I take it back. Ben, you're right. That's valid. <laughs> That's valid. I thought you meant just in general, and I was like, how dare? No, the books are perfect. <laughs> the, sh- the show is pretty perfect. Yeah. But legitimately, everything else from the movie is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Because you've got Bill Connolly as Uncle Monty, Jude Law as Lemony Snicket. 
Yeah. Fucking Catherine O'Hara as Justice Strauss, I believe her name is. Yeah, Justice um, Strauss. Dustin Hoffman is in it. Louise Guzman. Fucking Craig that's Ferguson. Of, that that movie Taylor. was a whole who's who's who's, who's that. Yeah, who's exactly. who? Hey, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, probably like high C to like mid B tier like celebrities are in this and you do have like several A's in it as well because mm-hmm. Billy Connolly he plays the dad from um, Boondock Saints and Catherine O'Hara is pretty amazing yeah the mom from uh, what is it Home Alone yeah but also Moira oh, from Shit's uh, Creek that's true. Yeah. Have you guys have you guys seen the supercut from where somebody combined Home Alone, the ending from the first movie, and uh, The Sopranos? What? Somebody combined where Catherine O'Hare, where the mom comes home, and they're like running towards each other in this super loving moment, because the dad from Home Alone also plays this really dirtbag cop or detective from The mm. Sopranos who kills himself. Uh... All right, yeah. Trigger warning slash spoiler warning for The Sopranos if you haven't seen that show, <laughs> but it's really great because it shows the mom and dad like talking, like, "Oh, did we forget anything? Oh, I don't think we forgot anything." <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's really dark, but man, it's really funny. <laughs> oh, Catherine O'Hara was also in a bunch of like uh, Christopher Guest mm-hmm. stuff. She uh, are those the uh, A Mighty Wind? Yeah, yeah, Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah. yeah, they're all hilarious and great. Hmm. Also, Christopher Guest played the Six Finger Man in. Uh, Princess Bride. Oh, I did not know that. It he is excellent. Oh yeah. Yep. And then Prince Humperdinck went on to be the voice of Jack Skellington. Fucking really? Yep. All right, that's a talented man. Talented yeah. people. Hmm. All right. My next answer is the big one. The big one. The character that I believe has got shafted the most in all of television history. Are we talking about Timothy Sausage? We're talking about Toby motherfucking Ziegler from <laughs> the We're West Wing. About Timothy <laughs> Sausage. I don't know who that is. Oh, Ziegler is a brand of sausage. Is the oh. joke there? My bad. Oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Toby yeah. is short for like Tobias. Tobias. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't think of another like name without giving it away. So, um, I think we've made reference to the fact that Toby, Toby Ziegler gets fucked real yeah. hard in that show. But I didn't think I was going to agree with you as hard until I finished that show. No, but you agree with me so hard, right? Like, yeah. dude, it's the worst. Okay, so Toby is... God, I can't remember the role that he has, but he's he works in the White House staff, and he's like... A policymaker slash uh, the president's speechwriter, um, and he and Bartlett, aka the best fictional president of all time, um, butt heads a lot. But it's in a way that like Bartlett needs somebody to kind of push him. You know what I mean? Like all the characters kind of push back and forth at different points in the show. Yeah. But 
Toby is really the one who will get in there and just fucking fight with the president. And sometimes it crosses the line. You're like, Toby, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. But he's extremely loyal. He he cares about what's best, not only for the Bartlett presidency, but also for America. Like, the West Wing takes place in an alternate universe where politicians aren't terrible. <laughs> you know, where every politician, even the ones like the Republicans truly want what's best for America and just have, like, differences in agreement. Yeah. What a world. What a world that I is. I know, right? I wish I lived there. God, I wish I lived there. And oh, Toby is, he's extremely clever. He's, he's just brilliant. Like, he's an amazing character. And he's played by Richard Schiff, who is awesome. Um, super talented guy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I would just go to go to YouTube and look up, like, great Toby Ziegler quotes, and you will not be disappointed. Fuck that. Just watch the show. Just, just yeah, watch just watch the, the show. show. It's only it's only seven seasons. You have time. Okay? It's a you, really fast show as well. It the is. quick dialogue really helps pick up the pace of the show. It's very entertaining. Also, sorry, um, I wrote down, I started making a list of lines of dialogue that just knock me on my ass. And I have one from Toby that I just want to share at this point before we get into how badly he was shafted by the writers. <laughs> so he and the president are, and other people are playing a game of pickup basketball. And it's like... Oh the non-president's team is going to win and that includes Toby and then a couple of other pieces of persons of White House staff and uh, the president's just refusing to back down and Toby says this is so typical he says after you're gone and the poets write the legend of Josiah Bartlett let them write you as a tragic figure let them write that he had the tools for greatness but his better angels were shouted down by his obsessive need to win that line of dialogue (laughs) absolutely knocked me on my ass the first time I heard it and it was during a, it's a game of basketball. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, but then later in that same es- episode, the president is like, "Do you really think demons, my demons, are shouting down my better angels?" And this is after they like Toby and the president have a fight the entire episode, where Toby's like, "You wanted to get rid of me," and the president's like, "I did want to get rid of you because you just push and you don't shut the fuck up and you don't listen mm-hmm. to me sometimes." And so, um, but then after they like come to an understanding and the, you know, and, and Bartlett is like, I do appreciate you, everything you do for me to, you know, Bartlett then asks, do you really think my demons shout down my better angels? And Toby responds, yes, but I think for the first time in a long time, it's a fair match. Hmm. And, uh, it's just great. Everything he does is awesome. Here's how he gets fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's at the end of season six. Um, so Toby's brother is an astronaut or was an astronaut. Um, and then in season six, beginning of season seven, he dies of cancer. And around this same time, there is a shuttle up in space or like a space station, something going on in space. And there was an issue, and it looked like that the astronauts, they basically either had to send somebody up to go save them, or they were going to die. Mm-hmm. And um, the White House was, like, struggling with what to do, and I don't quite remember the conflict, but it was, like, going to be super dangerous no matter what. Mm-hmm. And somebody, like, leaks that information 
that like of what was going on and the idea was it would it like forced the government to into a decision and it comes out and this is a huge deal because it's like oh it's treason and you know whoever leaked that information could go to jail and uh it comes out in the middle of season seven that toby was the one who leaked it Hmm. and this is fucking bullshit because toby would never betray bartlett's white house Mm, ever not at all never and i don't quite remember the situation because i remember it being like a lot more even-handed like there was legitimate reasons why they couldn't just go help the astronauts in space it wasn't just like they didn't want to which would be trump's reason (laughs) (laughs) i don't feel like it because i think that's something obama would have (laughs) done but like there it was like there might have there was some actual tension there and both sides made sense Hmm. And Toby would have never would have never gone out like that. And they tried mm-hmm. to explain it by being like, well, his brother was an astronaut and he died of cancer and Toby was feeling weird about it. But like even the actor was like, that made no damn sense. Yeah, this is this is bullshit. Toby would never. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, the most fucked over character in all of television history, in my opinion. Screwed by the writers. Yeah. So. He he and Mark Brandanowitz were the two characters I were I was really hoping that we were going to talk about. Yeah, and I knew you were definitely going to bring up Toby. I was. Uh, it's always going to happen. I knew. I fucking knew it because when you first brought up the West Wing to me, you talked. To, you didn't say exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You just said that he gets done dirty. He really does. Hard. He gets done he, so dirty. Yeah. Even in like the last episode, it's just it's rough. It's rough to yeah, watch. Yeah, fuck yeah, it is. Yeah, and Toby's legitimately like, I mean, they're all my favorite character, but Toby's Toby's something special, for yeah. sure. He, and honestly, that show just has so many really good characters, it's hard to pick one. CJ, Because Liam is great, CJ's great, mm-hmm. Josh is fantastic. Yep. Rob Lowe's character is fucking amazing. Yep. Uh, even the Democrats and the, or the uh, Republicans in the show are fucking great. Again, it's it's in a fantasy universe where people aren't terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's painfully true. And that's kind of the whole stick of the show mm-hmm. is is people being shitty to each other. Hey, still, what if people weren't terrible? The show. <laughs> yeah. All right, Travis, you got one more for us. Uh, I've got a final one, which is. From The Last Man on Earth, he's kind of a seasonal guest star, mm-hmm. but his na- his character name is Lewis from The Last Man on Earth. So, because The Last Man on Earth kind of, I talked about it last week, mm-hmm. where their formula is kind of like, they'll have some guests for a season and then they die. Yeah. And Lewis has this happen to him, where he is a character that they meet uh because they accidentally shoot someone else and uh, well, basically he like he's a survivor who they come across and he's like cool and he has these really great character moments where like he's a gay man he's an asian gay man mm-hmm. who lived in seattle and the last time he saw his partner was his partner was getting on a plane to china mm-hmm. and that was right before the virus hit mm-hmm. so he's kind of like he has this kind of delusion that maybe one day he'll 
like be able to see his uh his partner again mm. um and then the will forte's character who's generally a uh shithead for most of the for most of the series he has a moment where he's like the best way to like clear conscience of this is to write a note like go back to your house where y'all lived write a note and tell him where you are yeah because that's like that's something that happened at the beginning of season two where like uh will forte and Kristen shaw are they kind of get like shunned from the group or like will forte gets shunned from the group for being a shithead mm-hmm. but uh and then Kristen shaw goes with them and then they go travel the country for a while and then they go back to where they were where the group was in arizona and then there was a note there. Yeah. And then that's also how, like, all the survivors came together is because Will Forte was leaving notes all around the country alive in Tucson. Right. And um, and so he was like... And so they have this really touching moment where they go back to his house in Seattle and they leave a note and it's all, like... Thing. And then uh, he starts having these delusions of, like, he's going to learn how to fly a plane. Like, he finds a flight simulator... Mm-hmm. And he starts learning how to fly. And so he's like, he's going to get in a single person, single engine plane, fly to China from wherever he is in the middle of California or something. And then find his partner, even after this whole note thing. Right. And then at the end of the season they're like you're ready for it man you can do it you landed the plane in the in a thing and then he gets in the plane and then he dies in the plane crash yeah yeah and it's like he was such a good he was such a cool like good heartfelt character Mm -hmm. and i don't know if it's because he only had signed on for one season i'm there i'm just a bunch of production reasons, I'm sure, why he didn't continue on. Yeah. Hmm. But it just sucks that he left in that way. But that's also, that was the formula of the show. Right. Where it's like, you have a guest for a while, and then they die, sometimes pretty tragically. And then they have a funeral where they sing an 80s song and play an accordion. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so, like... Um... Travis, don't let there be any so, accordion some, music at my funeral. <laughs> Please. With, uh, Please, Travis, don't let it happen. Google's how to play let me Ben, no, you let, son let, of a bitch. You asked the wrong guy. <laughs> I asked Tra- Travis, don't let it happen. Oh, that's so sad. All right. Uh, now I'm but definitely so, like, never watching Last Man on Earth. The, um... The song they sing is. Oh no, they sing a song about. Uh... He sings a different song for Lewis's. Mm, that's sweet. Funeral. But uh, <coughs> usually the formula is someone will die, and then there's a character that plays an accordion, and then another character knows a bunch of song lyrics, so they'll say, like, there was a character who was a cannibal. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when he died they sang Hungry Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Just as an example of what that's like. Oh my god. Maybe, you know what? Maybe I will watch Last Man on Earth now. 
It's so funny. Okay. It's seriously so funny. All right. Well, listeners, do you have any characters who you feel just absolutely got shafted by their respective medias? Let us know on Twitter at Habcast. Speaking of Jagger gun noises. Yeah. This episode is called Frontierland. Frontierland. Travis, what's it about? Sam and Dean mm-hmm. are they're both really old and they live in this house. They they've been living in the house in the same neighborhood uh basically since they've got back from the war. The war. And <laughs> the war in Titan. The war and <laughs> basically they're just like some crotchety old men. And then um, this one kid in the neighborhood walks up to him one day and he's like, teach me how to be a man. And he's like, and they're like, no. And then they say a bunch of racist racist shit. And then he's like, well, why don't you go wash our car first? And then in the end, they they get, uh, they die in a shootout with Korean gang members. Oh, I've seen this movie. <laughs> What is this movie? It's a Gran Torino. It's Gran Torino. Oh, I haven't watched it yet. I kind of do, but I kind of don't. It's uh, one of the. It's you know, it's a Clint Eastwood movie. It's a... I thought for a second, I thought Travis was going to go to like where the the three or four old dudes from Cowboy Bebop oh, that keep yeah. reoccurring throughout oh, the show are yeah. Sam, Dean, and Bobby and Cass. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know nothing about nothing. The crazy thing about Clint Eastwood is that he's still alive. I know, right? I thought for sure that bitch be dead. But alas. Alright. Well, Travis, I don't know if Gran Torino the movie gets adapted into an episode of Supernatural, but let's find out. (laughs) Alright. Woo! We're back. This episode I, has everything. It has everything. I want to say I World love. <laughs> I love western tropes, but I don't like western movies. That's, if that makes it like I don't like spaghetti westerns, but I like the tropes that spawned out of them. That's fair. Like bullet like, ties. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like the um, the what? What's it called? The shootouts. The standoff. Not the oh, standoff. The yeah, the little standoffs. Oh, a Mexican uh, standoff requires more, more than two people. Um, right? Or like, you know, the mm-hmm. dueling at high noon. Yeah. Um, people walk in, into a place and everyone stops to look at them. Yeah. You know, this episode, that kind of stuff. This episode has everything. Moral quandaries. Poop. No dental care. <laughs> Authenticity. Uh, a Walker, Texas Ranger reference. Pre yes. Jared Padalecki being cats and Walker, Texas Ranger. Do you think... Was Alcohol. It, do, you, do you think they asked both Jensen and Jared, like, hey, what are your favorite, like, Western things? Oh, hell And yeah. Jensen was like, Clint Eastwood, and Jared was like, uh... Walker, Walker Texas, Texas Ranger. I mean, I do now. <laughs> Probably. I also choose to believe that... Jared Padalecki got cast as Walker in Walker, Texas Ranger, based on this ex- the exchange in this episode. 
<laughs> I think yeah. the producer saw that and were like, that's gold. He's perfect. Thanks Get me Walter that right man. There. Yeah. It's brilliant. A thousand dollars for each of you. Hell yeah. A million even. Let's go crazy. <laughs> I will say yeah. the title card alone from this episode made me want to get high and watch Bonanza. The, the title card was great. Yeah. yeah was. Uh, this whole episode was great. I had a lot of fun with it. Mm-hmm. I have some minor complaints, but overall... Ari has minor complaints about an episode of Supernatural? I know! It's so, it's so different from how I normally am. <laughs> okay, let's go ahead and sum up the episode real quick, and then we can get my minor complaints out of the way, and then we can enjoy the rest of the episode. Sound good? Okay. Yeah. Fine. Okay, so we open on Sam, Dean, and Bobby in the Campbell Family Library, looking for ways to defeat the mother of all remember her she's still around thank god that he's mentioning her in the in the recap otherwise okay anyway sorry we'll get to her later okay um in there they find samuel colt of the colt's journal uh he uh writes a passage about how he defeated a phoenix in the 1870s in the Old West in Wyoming. They need the Phoenix Ashes because that can burn the mother, whatever the fuck that means. So Sam and Dean go back in time. Cass sends them there. They have 24 hours to find the Phoenix, kill the Phoenix, get the ashes, and come back home. Turns out the Phoenix is a guy named Elias Finch who was hung by the neck, but he didn't die because Phoenix... And he's going around killing the people who condemned him to death because they tried to... They killed his wife? It's one of those, like... something like that. It's one of those, he was just an innocent monster situation, and then... The third guy, the last guy, the deputy, raped his wife. Yeah. Ah, okay. It turns out the Old West sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that Dean learns this episode, and it's, it's actually kind of amazing. Oh, mm-hmm. you mean sometimes man is the real monster? It, it turns out, <laughs> yes. Sometimes. Wouldn't you say, couldn't you say even, that man the is wild. the true monster? What a wild and crazy concept. Right. So the Phoenix is going around, you know, burning these guys, and he just looks like a normal dude, because, you know, budget constraints. <laughs> um... They spent all the money on my heart will go on. Right, exactly. Meanwhile, uh, Sam goes to hunt down Samuel Colt, who is a, a drunk and has retired from hunting and doesn't want to give up the Colt. And, and and Sam has a fuck you, Samuel, Oray, and yeah. fuck you. <laughs> you are my Nakama speech, and uh, they end up killing the phoenix just before the clock runs out. They go to get the ashes, but then Cass has to bring them back to the current time, and they're like, ah, oh, we failed, except Samuel, having had a change of heart, sends Sam a package with the phoenix ashes. It's really cool. It's like yeah. from Back to the Future 3. Right. Meanwhile, in the present, Cass meets with his lieutenant, Rachel, and Rachel's like, Cass, you shady bitch, what the fuck are you doing? 
And Cass is like, what I have to do. And then they get into a fight. Cass kills Rachel. He's injured himself. He has to fist Bobby to get the energy to bring Sam and Dean back. Yeah, you guys are like forearm deep. He, again, this episode could be called Cass Fist Bobby. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> this episode could be called Cass Does South Dakota. Oh my god. <laughs> this episode of ours of Hey Ass But needs to be called Trigger Warning the Episode. Because <laughs> we've talked about a lot of things. Yeah. It's upsetting spaghetti. And that's and that's the episode, uh, pretty much. I mean, did I gloss over a few details? Yes. Are we going to talk about them now? Absolutely. Hmm. Uh, Do you want to get? Let's get the minor complaints out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. They're the most. They're the most minor of minor complaints. Actually, that's not true. One of them's kind of major. Okay. Let's hop into them. The major complaint I have is, again, Eve, a.k.a. the mother of all, is just the her joke from Arrest Development. Yeah. Her? <laughs> her? Egg? Her? Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Egg? <laughs> like, I don't think I talked about this in the Ugh. episode, in, um, and then there were none, but in that episode, we get introduced to, like, not introduced, but we see more of the actress playing Eve, and even the way she talks, I'm just like, okay. Um, I, I'm gonna try to do her voice where she's like, she she says, um, a mother would never abandon their children like that. Like that's how she speaks the entire time, and it's very annoying. Oh uh, <laughs> man, yeah, she's completely ineffectual as a villain. This is the third episode that she's, like, a thing. And this is the episode where they accomplish the way to defeat her. Like, they get it. They do it. Hmm. Um, uh, just, yeah. Again, just not I, everything that has to do with her. Even though this episode is great, it's just colored by the fact that it is in an, a season that has wasted so much time on bullshit. Yeah. So I just that's my that's my major complaint, which is which was my complaint last episode and will be probably my complaint next episode. So tune in next week. This for that. season is a terrible Italian sandwich. There's a lot going wrong. It's soggy. It's yep. shitty. It's bad, but there's a couple of really awesome banana peppers, like, hidden inside of it. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's abs- absolutely a valid metaphor. That is exactly what this season fucking is. Yep. And um, this episode is several of those pe- pepperoncinis stacked on top of each other. <laughs> right. And but then And then this complaint is what I have about the episode just in general, and it's not enough to deter me from enjoying the show or enjoying mm. the episode, but there's some, um, this episode is like eating a hot pocket and then finding a cupcake inside. <laughs> there's that's quite a hot that pocket. One. That's not a hot pocket at all. Do tell what you mean. What I'm saying is that there might be some tonal dissonance in this episode. And I know that supernatural is basically tonal dissonance, the show, but Usually, not in the same episode. So, half of the episode, I would say the majority of the episode, is a fun romp through the 
you know, the old West, complete with a bunch of like references to other Westerns and Back to the Future and Star Trek and um, it, a lot of really great jokes and cool scenes where we see the characters get to like have like the actors get to have fun. But then there's also the thing with the Phoenix and it I feel like they shouldn't couldn't they just have had the Phoenix so his name's Elias Finch couldn't they just have had him be like a card carrying villain do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, not had this sympathetic backstory. I feel yeah, but like... Then we, but then we wouldn't le- relearn the lesson <laughs> Here's... that man is the ultimate monster. But we know that lesson. We've seen the rest there... of the show. I've got something even more crazy in mind for the Phoenix. Okay. Oh. What if the Phoenix Were was... a bird? What if the phoenix was actually a bird monster instead of just a shitty human that can burn people when he touches them? You know what, Travis? You're insane. That'll never work. Like what? I mean, sure, it's been good for the rest of human for the rest of history, but it's supernatural. Uh. It's too far. No, you're absolutely right. This episode would have been awesome if they had just had like a bird monster in like a cave somewhere and they have to go kill the bird monster. Yeah, like maybe the bird monster is picking off livestock in the town or like destroying the crops or terrorizing the people. I mean, that's complete. That's actually, there's mythological basis for that and we'll get to that when we get to the freak of the week. (laughs) (laughs) The picking off the livestock thing. But, um, yeah, uh, my issue comes in where it's the majority of the episode, again, is this fun romp through the Old West, seen through the eyes of a character who is a fanboy about the Old West. And Dean totally mm-hmm. is, and it totally is in his character to do this. But then we get the twist of, well, actually, the Phoenix is a guy who was who was nice, but then he got screwed over by this shitty town, and it's like... Mm. And, and and Dean is just like, well, I still have to kill you for unrelated reasons. Sorry that happened to you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold on. Wait a minute. Um, pause real quick. Uh, what? <laughs> Can we go what? back to how he was just Why? trying to defend? Why do you have to kill me? What? His wife being raped and killed? Can we not? Hold on. Hold up. Uh, hold up. And it just, I feel like. There were funner things that you could have done that I feel like would have yeah. stayed in tone with the rest of the episode. I feel like somebody wanted to do the edgy, hey, let's, uh, I don't know if the, what they drew first. I don't know if they drew rape or if they drew Phoenix slash Western first. Yeah. But I think somebody, like, they just drew themes from a fishbowl. Yeah. All right. Well, we haven't done close your eyes and just stick your, just, they opened a book of mythology, closed their eyes, and then stuck their hands down on some words. Yeah. They landed on Zeus, yep. Phoenixes, and Clint Eastwood. Yep. <laughs> they did indeed do that. Oh, oh, fuck, how are we going to mix these together? <laughs> um, yeah, but... Oh, and then also there's like a gay joke, and it's like supernatural. Really? In the year of our Lord 2011, we're doing this again? But uh, the, yeah. other than that's that's the most... You know, I don't know, it's fine. It happens in the bar where, like, oh, no, no, the judge says it. 
somebody's oh. they're making fun of Dean's clothes mm. because his clothes are like knockoff Western. They're too clean, right? Yeah. Too clean. He got them in the future time, so it's basically like Western cosplay. Mm-hmm. And they're just and like, you, you wash your face, gay boy, and <laughs> yeah. uh, that's. <laughs> I'm just like, guys. I I love how Sam's Western clothes were just Sam's clothes, but with a cleaner shirt. Yeah, white. Oh, he didn't want to wear it. He was like, fuck that. I'm not wearing that bullshit. Get that yeah. out of here. Yeah. That being said, Dean's second outfit. Uh, good job, Jensen Ackles, for being a very attractive human in a long coat. <laughs> <laughs> just gonna just gonna go ahead and say this for the hey to represent the you know attracted to men side of the audience uh ow ow Mr. Ackles ow ow <laughs> yeah our boys looked good mm-hmm. um and then who doesn't love a little blood on cast that's also very attractive to some people <laughs> unrelated okay uh yeah but those those are my complaints um again, did not overshadow the absolute joy I got from watching this episode. Otherwise, a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. So, you know, like an 8 out of 10. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. It's definitely a 7 or 8. Yeah. Uh, I did absolutely adore the fact that Dean was the only one that was super amped about going back to the past. Yeah, that was ready great. ready for everything. And then everything shit on him. Is <laughs> it was just like you can't put shit on a pedestal because it turns out every like we're all human and nothing's going to be as good as you think it or hope it will be. Yes, if you put it that far, like that high up on a pedestal, it's always going to kick you in the fucking dick. I loved yeah. the exchange in the beginning of the episode where Dean's like, we'll go back in time to get the Phoenix. We'll Star Trek for this bitch. And Sam and, and no Bobby are it. like, well. <laughs> of course, Bobby only watched Deep Space Nine. Yes, he's like, I only watched Deep Space Nine. I'm like, Bobby, uh, yes, this is why you are the king. Yeah. <laughs> I will, all right, so here's a question. What is your favorite Star Trek movie, and why is it Star Trek Four? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, the reason why Star Trek 4 is the best Star Trek movie is it's the one with the whales. Fuck yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. They, they go back in time to save the motherfucking whales, and that is great. It's so weird, and the fucking sound that this cylinder makes is fucking iconic. Dude, I love Spot's outfit the entire time. Spock's oh, outfit, yeah. not Spot. Yeah. Um, he's like in a white because this is post, you know, just after the search for Spock. So he's still like a little, like woozy, little you know, little yeah. wonky. And he like is wearing like all white clothes, like a white robe. But then he's mm. got to cover his ears and eyebrows. He's got like a um headband, like a white headband, and it's hilarious. And then McCoy's great in that movie too because he get he goes to a hospital and he's just like, "What are these animals doing?" And he cures a woman's like kidney disease. It's hilarious. It's amazing. So. I'm gonna watch Star Trek Four after we get done. Yeah, <laughs> Spock swims with the rails. Whales delightful. Mm. Um, Got it. Yeah. Back to the back to the past. Yeah. <laughs> And then oh, I also really liked the Deadwood reference because um, you know Jim yeah. Beaver was in Deadwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of a actor illusion there, mm. uh, which I really liked. 
Um, I thought Jared Padalecki really got to shine this episode. I mean, mm. I know he's the main character, so he gets to shine a lot of episodes, but I really loved him and Colt together. Mm. So was, They had really good exchanges. Yeah, that's the part where he's like, fuck you, Colt, all right, and fuck you. Um, I'm going to reference that Prozy D sketch so much. <laughs> uh, but um, Colt has retired. He's a drunk. You know, it's a, it's a never meet your hero situation. Yeah. Um, where you're, you know, he, he like shoots two demons with the cult, which is like his badass establishment moment. Like he may be a retired drunk writing in a journal in the middle of fucking nowhere, but he's still a cool dude. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, and then I think uh, just watching Jensen Ackles be gleeful about everything is always a fun time as well. Oh, hell yeah. So, what do we think about our boy Cass? Uh, he's definitely, he's up to something. Yep. What do you think he's up to? I mean, he's up to harvesting human souls for power. Like, okay. right? That's what the whole Titanic situation was. Yep. And he, in this episode, he said human souls are energy for angels and he uses it he uses Bobby's energy, soul energy, to, you know, do the angel stuff. Which, you know, Travis, gross. Yeah. I'm going to say a thing, and then I'm going to say nothing. I'm going to plant a seed for the future. Okay. Hit us. You're thinking too small. <gasps> okay. A mystery. Too small, huh? Mm-hmm. So... Oh. See, I didn't say anything. I just hummed. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I have another complaint about the episode. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, the, the, they the keep unveiling themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't know why they do this. Let's talk about the relationship Cass has with Sam, Dean, and Bobby. Okay. It kind of reminds me of you know how like when you were in school and like somebody made friends with you because you brought in lunchables every day, which was cool. Oh, like people that are only friends with you to get shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I do think Sam, Dean, and Bobby legitimately care about Cass. But, it is a little bit more one-sided on the give and take, I believe. Yes. And that part of that is like Cass is an angel. And he's a convenient plot device. So we're able yeah. to just sort of, you know, use him whenever it's necessary. But in the beginning of the episode, like, Dean's like, I know how we can get back to the past. And then he prays for Cass. And Cass doesn't immediately come down, so he prays again. And then Rachel comes comes down and is like, what do you need? And And... Dean's like, well, I want to talk to Cass. And Rachel said, he's busy. And Dean went, busy? And the way he said that, I was just like, Dean, you dumb fucking bitch. Did you not pay attention to the last season? He's fighting a war. He is busy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get that this is also important, kind of, because, again, it concerns Eve and what has she done, really? But, um... You know, I get that this is important, but, like, Cass is kind of busy. He has a life outside of doing things for you. 
Yeah. And is the show going to address that attitude? Or even why was it written in like that in the first place? Like, we didn't have to have Dean and Sam be legitimately shocked that Cass couldn't drop everything and come to their aid. Yeah. You know, it, it very easily we could have had a moment where Dean was like, oh, fucking right. He's the he's a general in a war that mm. is killing people. This is kind of serious. Yeah. It's, um... It feels like more than ever, Dean and Sam are not, how do I say this? Dean and Sam are in danger of being eclipsed in their own show. Not by that I- By what's going on with Cass or? By what's going on with everything. Hmm. Like, yeah. Not that I need it to be like Dean and Sam to be the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. But it feels like like even with this episode it feels like Sam and Dean are just like checking off a to-do list. Hmm. Well, that's I mean, kind, they of, kind of are for the formula, right? I mean, they're trying to do research on the monster to right. figure out what will kill the monster to get the thing to kill the monster, or like find the location of the monster to kill monster. It's just, it's a really big freak of the week. Yeah. But the freak of the week was never meant to be an A plot for the show. It was always supposed to be like, you know, a B plot. The thing that they do while we're waiting on the overarching plot to commence. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Supernatural is not a whodunit. Oh, God, no. It's not a murder mystery. It's not even really about... It's not even a TV show when you think about it. <laughs> well, nothing is. <laughs> no. Supernatural is a procedural crime drama. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With supernatural trappings. Now, mm -hmm. I know what you're thinking, but are whodunits procedural crime dramas? Yes, but not every procedural crime drama is a whodunit. Um, Man, you know, it'd be really cool. What? If I, if like, if, if he's still alive when we remake this show in fifteen to twenty years, Ice T should be Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Just if he's still alive? Based on the alive? fact that he was in, in uh, uh, law, what is it Law and Order that he's in? Yeah, I think it's SBU. Right? Guys, yeah. I think we've talked about the fact that Ben knows the date and time of everyone's death before on the <laughs> podcast, and I feel like this is how Ben knows that Ice-T might not be around in 15 years. 15 to 20 years is a long years. goddamn time. I mean, it is a long bets, time. You know? To be fair, none of us could be around in 15 to 20 years. Fucking true. But um, anyway, sorry. But yeah, it just... I don't know. And that's part of the problem with like MacGuffin plots in general is... If you center your plot around a MacGuffin, then it becomes it can become very formulaic and, and just like meeting getting a checklist done. Okay, yeah. well we had to go to here to get the thing to defeat the monster. Check, check, mm -hmm. check. All right, now we're ready. This was a yeah. thing in last season with the four horsemen's rings. Like, yeah. 
yeah, you know, and just, I mean, it's a thing. And I think it's up to personal preference, but. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm, yeah. yeah. I will say, though, um, in my personal opinion, everything we just talked about with, like, the danger of Sam and Dean's like their part in the plot getting eclipsed by the mythos of the show Hmm. it's I didn't expect it to come up this early but it's going to be a major problem in the upcoming seasons oh really I think so Hmm. so we'll we'll burn that bridge when we get there nice so but yeah um, again sorry sorry to keep bringing things up Uh, Cass is a shady bitch right now yeah Hmm. So, so yeah. Uh, so I've got a question about future vision. Yes. Are we going to keep seeing the Campbell family library from here on out? Like, are they going to be able to go back to that multiple times for references? Or was this just a one episode thing? And was it just to explain the fact that one time Grandpa Campbell said... Oh yeah, there's tons of lore on it, and citing lore that Sam and Dean do not know. Uh, yes and no. That we so, keep coming back to it. I don't remember if they go back to Gramble's library. They I will say that don't? there's a cooler thing. Yeah, it gets replaced by something that's very similar. Okay. So that's why it's yes and no. Yeah. But. Because I I like that idea that they have like this well of information that they can dive into now. Right. Boy. Okay, then you have something to look forward to. (laughs) Nice. And I will say this is one of the, uh, I think, one of the better things that they did post season five. Um, it's It's actually legitimately very cool. So. Because now that I think about it, because there was also the storage unit of John Winchester's stuff that was f- full of, like, powerful artifacts that they also have never been back to. Oh, old John Boy had multiple storage storage units. Yeah. Uh, and they actually like, do... Several. It gets introduced in, like, what, season two? Mm-hmm. And then they actually do go back they, to it in season five? They come back five? to it in season five. Yeah, and but then after that, it's like, all right, well, we're done with that. It, yeah. We're just going to be like, it blew up. That's what happened. <laughs> it's it's yeah. spontaneously it combusted. It blew up. I will say, in season five, when they go back there, because they're looking for the Michael sword, um, right, yeah. the angels meet them there. So maybe it got compromised because of that? I don't really remember. Oh, that's true. To, yeah. To be honest. To be completely honest. So, but yeah, um, I liked Colt a lot. Hmm. Yeah. The, uh, seeing Colt as a character was very cool. Yeah. Um, seeing, uh, I liked the scene where they're, they're in the saloon and Dean orders whiskey, um, and sarsaparilla and he orders Sam sarsaparilla and the whiskey is terrible, but the sarsaparilla is delightful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and honestly, back I, then, was that when they were still putting cocaine and things? So, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my god. That was even... What what year was that? Was it 1850-something? 1851? Yeah. Something. 
Eight that might have even been seventy-five. That might have even been the heroic era of medicine, which um, is not as <laughs> it's not as good as it sounds. Mm-hmm. the The heroic era was basically like a bunch of people would claim to be geniuses of, of something. Sure. Oh, like snake poison or uh, snake. Yeah, poison it was basically it was a lot of a lot of marketing and snake oil and everything like that. Right. And it was really just excuses for selling drops of water with color in it or mm, right. you know, uh just other drugs. <laughs> like it's just cocaine. Yeah. Um eighteen sixty one you know, stuff like that. Is the year. Do what? Eighteen sixty one is the year. That they go back to. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yes, but is that Sawbones knowledge? Yes, it is. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there was, yeah, it was It was a time. I, I did love, we already talked about this a little bit, how Dean was such a big fanboy, when really it's like, oh, everything sucked before, like, antibiotics were invented. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I uh, want to go back to the time when doctors are like, you got a flu? Why don't you do some cocaine about it? Yeah. <laughs> Just that. Did y'all hear that siren? Sorry. Mm. No? No. All right. I think everything's cool. Ben, you're in Hartzell. Why would we hear the siren? <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't know if it was on I'm in Tennessee, Ben. <laughs> ben. <laughs> You're so far away from us. I didn't know if it was on y'all's end or my end. Oh, Ben doesn't know how distance works. (laughs) Does the Doppler effect go that far? No, when I say a siren, it was just like a quick, like, burp. Shit, Ben's hearing things. Ben's siren head is coming for you. (laughs) It is. Alright. We gotta, Travis, we gotta put him down. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get a new one. Uh, oh yeah, so Sam Colt, he was cool. I I love how he can just so heartily dispatch of demons. I I want more of him. I want to know how he got to the point where he's like, I'm retired. Oh man, yeah. I love Sam be being cool like, fun. you're not fucking retired. That's not possible, you dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody retires in this job. Oh, and then seeing uh, Sam Sherlock, because Sam's like, or Samuel is like, I lost the cult in a game. Yeah. And Sam's like, you're a liar and a thief is what you are, because (laughs) a thief of hearts, in fact. (laughs) Because I smell sulfur and I see boot prints and I know you killed two demons with it, so me and he. (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, I like the fact that Sam, Sam is just like Samuel's like who are you and how do you know all this and Sam goes I'm from the future and I have a phone yeah no <laughs> pussy putting around like... <laughs> no trying to preserve the timeline just absolutely Samuel Cole's just like oh good enough <laughs> yeah Sam, hey, Samuel's Jack like, from the future hands you a thing of a jig, you just believe him. Yep. Uh, Samuel's just like, all right, fair fair enough, my guy. And Sam's like, is that it? And Samuel's like, well, you've been around the block as long as I have. You've seen some crazy shit. This doesn't even make it into the top ten. 
So. I love I love time travel stories that don't try to cover up the paradoxes. Yes, who gives yeah. a fuck? Those are great. Yeah. It's like, look, it's written right here in your journal. Look, man, where you where you have blank space in your current journal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> look, if time is something is you can liquid. travel by touching somebody else's butthole, then maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know. That explains yeah. why time seems to go faster when that happens to me. <laughs> God. <laughs> time slows down for me. Unrelated reasons. Um, yeah, the, I love the... the uh, there are multiple paradoxes in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um... Who gives a yeah, the first one being the journal. Is do you think the journal? So the journal was kind of intentionally misleading. Yeah, because you know, obviously Dean kills the phoenix. Yeah, but Samuel Colt writes it as if he killed the phoenix. <laughs> but do you think Samuel Colt is just documenting what the gun itself has killed, rather than who is actually doing the killing with the gun? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he only says, kill the phoenix today in, what, Sunrise, Wyoming? Yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, like, it's enough. killed phoenix today, cult killed phoenix today. The cult, uh-huh. the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dean gets his, his standoff moment at high noon, which was cool. He becomes the sheriff. Man, Dean gets everything he wants this episode. Except he really does. He doesn't get, yeah. to, he doesn't get to bet a whore. There is a whore, Darla. Several. Yeah. She's the best. And the one that Elias, the the barkeep has, his mm-hmm. best girl, and her teeth are rough. Like, I thought I saw herpes. I'll be honest with you. I... Like, I don't know. But it could have just been the gangly teeth, and I was just like, oh, God. Yeah, I couldn't look at her mouth too long. Y- y'all know how I feel about teeth. Yeah. That is, I want them to be normal, forward-facing. I don't want to see them from behind. And, uh... Yeah. I don't, I don't like them. I don't like them. You don't like teeth? I don't like teeth. <laughs> I think they're stupid. I think they're dumb. I think it's dumb that we have a thing we have to have in our mouths to, to, to chew shit. I know what I'm picking for my next LSA. It's going to be Candle Cove from Channel the Channel Zero's uh, Candle Cove, and it's yeah. mainly going to be the Teeth Monster. Look, <laughs> if teeth made sense, we wouldn't have to take care of them. They take care of themselves, and they don't grow back if we lose them. Yep. It's fucking stupid. That's true. I hate teeth. Well, they're like the one body part that you get like a an extra life on, you know? I mean, like the one. only benefit to other body yeah. parts. The uh, gone, so here's gone. a little fun. So Darla's teeth, they were kind of like, they were looking a little rough, but they were generally like all there, right? That is true. Yeah. Yes, they were just kind of dark and dank looking a little bit. Yeah. So Wyoming's like kind of above Colorado, right? Yeah, sure. So, so you know how we have fluoride in our water because it's actually good and not chemicals that will turn the frogs gay. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another little sawbones knowledge for you. Uh, Fluoride in water was discovered in a town in Colorado. And all of these people had 
absolutely amazing teeth. They had all their teeth, never had any cavities. Only issue was all their teeth were brown. Huh. Mm. So that was because the spring they were drinking from, or wherever they were getting their water from, had had fluoride in it. Oh. And fluoride, in copious amounts, will discolor your teeth. Interesting. However, it still fortifies them. So there's a chance that Darla, although her teeth may have been a little dark and discolored, probably had some nice chompers. Hell yeah. Well, good for Darla. <laughs> her teeth were like black, though. They were like... It looked yeah, like she'd been chewing on coal before they let her in the town. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, she's she's the other major female character this episode. Uh, Rachel, the angel, is the one before, and she gets disposed of pretty handily by Cass. Yeah. She does she does stab Cass though, and that and that is why Cass needs to fist Bobby because yeah. to get his soul juice. There's a lot of penetration this episode. You, is what we're getting at. You know that was a that was a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Cass needs to fist Bobby to get his soul juice. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. This is why I wanted to have this podcast. <laughs> this right here. <laughs> <Lines like this. laughs> I'm getting that put on a t-shirt. <laughs> Fuck. That's our first merch. Pat, between that and Snow White is not for the straights, I'm a comedic genius. Okay, anyways. Um, you know what? This episode is going to be called Soul Juice <laughs> Colon Cass Fists Again. <laughs> Cass, Cass won't stop fisting people and it's a problem. Cass, Cass Fists to Electric Boogaloo. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> you know there's somebody there that's like I don't know, writing a paper about the homoerotic undertones of Supernatural, and I hope we get uh-huh. cited. You know, I, I hope that happens. <laughs> it's all I want. You know want. what? That's, that's, that's the goal for the podcast. Fuck getting sponsors and making money. <laughs> I want someone to cite us. In a research paper. <laughs> a research paper. <laughs> in a research paper. About the homoerotic undertones in Supernatural. Hell yeah. Do you think it would be an L- MLA format or a Chicago style? Oh, MLA for sure. <laughs> for a research paper, MLA. If this were an article, it'd be Chicago style. That's fair. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Cass, shady bitch. That'll come back later. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll burn yeah, that nice. bridge when we get there in about two episodes. Two, two to three episodes. I did like the little detail where when uh, he got stabbed by Rachel, Mm -hmm. there was like a little bit of blood from his flesh body, but then there was also like light shining out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty cool little detail. And you know, I like Misha Collins and Jim Beaver together, and they should be in more things together, I feel like. I wish they would do that more. Yeah. I was thinking that while I was watching the episode. I was like... Cass and Bobby don't really interact a whole lot. They don't. It's the, something I wish that would have happened this episode is Bobby and Cass complaining about Sam and Dean only calling them when they need something. Oh man, a little thing. Yeah, that would have been cool. Like for real, yeah. Sam Cass and Bobby have so much in common. They do. Yeah. And they they need to just have a little moment where they just meet up at a bar. 
and drink some beer together and complain about Sam and Dean. Yes, I would love yeah. that. Oh my god, yes. Um, yeah, fuck yeah. I will go I ahead and say up. just a little a little moment. So Cass was like, I can't get Sam and Dean back from the past. And Bobby's like, well, can we get somebody else to do it? And Cass goes, there's nobody who can. And I was like, because Balthazar is having a him, him time. <laughs> Balthazar is having a spa week. And he's unavailable for this. He's uh, he's having a uh, menage uh, What's French for eight? Huit. There you go. Menage a huit. Okay, that's not. Okay, close enough. That's as close as it's going to get. It's H-U-I-T. I like a week. You know, it's like, it's um, it, it's not the mini ones. You have to buy it in the whole thing and then dissolve it. <laughs> wheat. Menage a wheat. Menage a wheat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh. But yeah, uh, do you ever, in other TV shows sometimes this will happen, where two characters who don't interact all that much will... And mm-hmm. usually the actors are just so charming in those TV shows. It's nice to see, you know, something different. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, more more Bobby and Cass. I ship them. Yeah. I don't. But maybe now I do. I don't know. We'll see. Ships that shook us to our core. Yes. Bass. Uh-uh. That's their ship yeah. name. Bass. Or Cobby. Hmm. Yeah, I'm into it. Uh, so, uh, I've got a few questions about the Phoenix. Hit me. So, he's, he can't be killed because he's a Phoenix, obviously. He just comes back. Yes. But he's also, like, a lot of monsters. He can't touch iron. And that's part of Dean's whole, like, capture plan is, like, bring him to the jail where he's surrounded by iron and he couldn't get out of the shackles until he died because of the iron. What are bullets usually made out of? Uh, are bullets iron? Children's tears? Let's see. Because you would think that if a monster has a you know, a allergy to iron, it would affect him a lot more than just going, ah, Oh, oh man, I'm not dead though. Bullets are made of a variety of materials such as copper, lead, steel, polymer, rubber. Oh, that's and even right, wax. they're lead. That's yeah. okay. Also, yeah, also iron is too that... brittle for bullets. Ah. Yeah. So that's why there aren't iron bullets. Hmm. But well, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, the iron affecting monsters thing is a thing in myth. Um, not necessarily a phoenix thing. I have yeah, a I question about the phoenix. Uh-huh. So the phoenix gets burned up, turns into ashes. But isn't that kind of like the phoenix's whole thing? That it can rise from the ashes? Yeah, isn't that like... Yeah. Don't people say that you'll rise from the ashes like a phoenix? Isn't that a thing? That is the thing. So yeah, is the phoenix is the really dead? Or is he going to come back? I think he's just in that bottle. I think if you if you separate the like, or is it like splinching now that you've taken some of him yeah. some of his ashes away he won't all come back maybe that's it that's what I was getting at well we'll talk uh, about it in the freak of the week but when apparent according to myth when phoenixes just already go ahead and burn up they do leave ashes behind 
Hmm. So, like, is he just going to pop back up and they'll still have their ashes? I don't know. Well, maybe... Well, obviously, because the, he was shot with the cult, yeah. he's dead because oh, he's, the cult is a monster-killing thing. He's D.E.D. dead. Yeah, got it. Okay. But he did turn to ashes, and I guess that depends on maybe it's because... Well, yeah, you know, I don't have a good answer. Yeah. I've got the answer. Hit me. What's the answer? Shot with a cult, and you're to blame. Oh you give mythological adaptions a bad name. Okay. <laughs> right. I don't even like Bon Jovi. Kind of where <laughs> I think where I was going with it was that the Phoenix, I guess, it like chooses when to die and rise from the ashes. Yeah. I I think. Versus the cult, like, forced it to die. Yeah. So yeah. now it can't rise because it didn't choose to be dead. I mm. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But it's just, it's a small <laughs> thing that I felt might should be mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing that makes a phoenix a phoenix. Yeah. Other than the fire. What? Yeah. Else is there to say? Okay. What else uh, is there to do? Honestly, other than, like... The minute, minuscule, tiny problems that we had there with the episode. It was still really good. Yeah, overall a ten out of ten, for sure. Like if this if this episode was Eight in like season five, I don't know how good it would be. But I think because of just how trash a lot of the episodes this season have been, mm-hmm. this episode really got to shine. Yes, agreed. Um, yeah. I, I liked at the end, so Samuel, I guess, has, like, a little bit of a change of heart and sends Sam the ashes in the future, along with his phone, which is definitely... Yeah. Um, probably doesn't work very well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, UPS or USPS brings him the ashes and then is like... I think it was FedEx. We, or, yeah, FedEx or something. It was like, the boys and I had, a, had jokes about this. We never thought it'd be delivered. Well, here you go. And then, um, yeah, I really liked that little moment. That's that's the thing where it's like in time yeah. travel stories, and I always am a huge fan um, every oh, time. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing in Back to the Future, right? Yes, yeah. the third one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've only seen that movie once, and it was a long time ago. Um, so yeah, Supernatural does Back to the Future. Two episodes ago, it was Supernatural does, and and then or the thing, and now it's Supernatural does Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had, this was a better crack at references. Yes. Than, oh, definitely. Yes. Because this was just reference after reference after reference after reference after reference. Yes, for sure. I, I think it's one of those things where you can tell when, it, when a reference is made, there's a difference between kind of like making a reference for reference sake and making a, ref, a reference because you love that thing. Yeah. Very rarely do you see something where you where you can tell everyone had fun and the thing is still really good. Yeah. You could tell that they were having fun with this episode, but also they made something fucking great. Yes. And one of the writers on it was Andrew Dabb, a name we've seen mm. before and a name we'll see again. Mm-hmm. All right. You guys want to freak, freak the week? Yeah, okay. tell me about that bird. Tell me about that spicy bird. That spicy, mm. that spicy Man, bird. Let's go to Prince's and get some hot <laughs> chicken. You could say it's the flaming onions of birds for sure. 
It's the flaming hot Cheetos of birds. Yep, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Flaming flame and Funyuns. Uh, so I actually didn't know much about the origins of the Phoenix. Of course, the big Phoenix reference that I, I recognize as a millennial is um, Harry Potter. Right, Fox uh-huh. the Phoenix, very important yep. character in that book. Saves Harry, saves Dumbledore, flies, bursts into flames. Flies. Yep. Right. Is also mm-hmm. that Fox's feathers are the cores of Harry and Voldemort's wands too. They right? are indeed. Yep. yep. Um, but it turns out the Phoenix is kind of from a lot of places: uh, uh-huh. Persian, Egyptian, Jewish, and Greco-Roman mythology. The phoenix gets referenced in the Gnostic uh, uh, origin myth, which is kind of neato. Mm. Um, and they're just really neat birds. You know that meme where Marge Simpson is holding a potato? And it's like, I just, I just think, think it's neat. This is really neat. Yeah. I just think the phoenixes are neat. Um, mm. So they have healing tears. They can fly. They can engulf themselves in flame. And they're so large sometimes that onlookers and like so bright that there are, you know, references to, to them being mistaken for the sun uh, by uh. onlookers. Um, phoenixes are often depicted as birds of prey, usually like eagles, but they can sometimes look like flaming peacocks or like red peacocks, red and orange and yellow peacocks. Um, mm. They are referenced as being the size of the eagle, but. There are some depictions of them, like, picking up elephants with their claws and flying away with them. So, who the fuck knows how big these birds are? Uh, I don't know if the ancient Greeks were just like, we've never seen a phoenix before, so we have to guess. but Or an elephant before, so we have to guess. But that's a thing. That kind of reminds me of the size of Bowser in the Mario games. Like, he's always yeah. different. Right, like, who the fuck knows how big he actually is? You see, um, have you seen those pictures, like the medieval paintings of cats? And it's just like, wow, y'all have never yeah. seen a cat before. <laughs> that's, that's the same energy. Um, Phoenix Are you is... guys familiar? Oh, sorry, go on. With the Are y'all familiar with the giant Thunderbird cryptid? Yes. Well, it's not. Thunderbirds aren't a cryptid. They're a mythological, a mythological bird for, uh, of Native American myths. Different, well, you know, Native American tribes. Uh, potato playpen baby cage. Um, no, nope, that difference matters, Ben. <laughs> it's important. Well, but go on. It, Sorry. But anywho, the Thunderbird was also supposed to be like fucking massive as well, like yeah. pterodactyl sized. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So. And cool as fuck. Yeah. Thunderbirds are very cool. Phoenixes also mm. very cool. Um, phoenixes yeah. can live up to nine times longer than the crow, or about five hundred years. How old was Brandon Lee when he died? So, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, it was right there. And when they are about to die, they will form a very nice smelling nest of cinnamon, sage, and myrrh, Ooh. and then set it on fire. And out of the ashes, a new phoenix is born. Hmm. Wait, you're telling me this bird, when it dies, smells like one of my favorite spices? Yes, it does. Man. Honestly, I wish I could be near a phoenix when it dies, because that sounds delightful. It does. Um, Wait, what what were those spices again? Cinnamon, sage, and myrrh. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Mm. That we got a we got a friend that makes soap. We gotta tell him to put that in there. We do the phoenix soap. (laughs) Uh, We should also have him on the podcast. Out of the ashes, a new phoenix is born, and then the ashes that are left 
can be used to bring back the dead. So, Whoa. man, that would have been a Necromancy. way cooler thing, right? If if they had used that as you know, like an a la Dragon Ball kind of thing to bring back somebody that had died. Hell yeah, bring back Ellen again next episode, two episodes yeah. in a row, <laughs> except keeper this time. Mm. Uh, eating a phoenix can grant you immortality, but don't you monster? Yeah, <laughs> how dare you? And there is a story with an ancient emperor who sends his men out to kill a phoenix so that he can eat it and gain immortality. Uh, they can't find a phoenix, so they kill a, a bird of uh, paradise, and then he eats that instead. Huh. Yeah. Oh, so it's like a legend? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he doesn't get immortality from that, you know. Mm-mm. So... Seriously, who the fuck? Don't eat phoenixes. They're nice birds. <laughs> if wait, so hang on. This begs the question: If you kill a phoenix and eat it, will it rise up inside of your stomach? I hope yes, not. as acid reflux. Ooh, like that's how fetish. do you eat the phoenix if you kill it <laughs> and then it burns up? And so that I think actually that goes back to my thing: like if you kill and eat a phoenix, you get immortality. Mm-hmm. But if a phoenix is burning up and and renewing itself, that means it's choosing to do that because it's gone and made its nest and everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh-huh. that's accurate. It is very accurate. Yeah. Travis, you stumbled across it. You figured it out. <laughs> Good job, old boy. I yeah, I just did one of those things where I accidentally proved myself to be <laughs> having a thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the phoenix is, you know, I mean, a super important bird in our culture. Symbols for rebirth are all over the place, including oh, yeah. most gods. So, yeah. yeah, and that's where it came from. And I didn't know that. I did not know that the phoenix was from ancient, you know, Greece, um, primarily. That's, like, where the the myth sort of got, like, codified. Um, mm-hmm. I legitimately thought it was, like, I want to say, like, Hindu in origin or something like that? Something yeah. Asian for sure. I don't know See, why I, I figured thought that it I was did. either I figured it was either Greek or like Scandinavian of so like a Viking myth or something. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why I thought that. Yeah. I also don't know why I thought I was Asian in origin. I think from the aesthetics, like pictures I've seen of Phoenixes have been very Right. Maybe. I don't know. I mean clearly I didn't know what I was talking about, so because uh, I was I mean so that's off just probably mark. one of those things. That's probably one of those things, just because aliens came down and met ancient humans, that everyone has an origin story about Yeah, the aliens are phoenixes. That makes sense. That tracks. (laughs) All right. The aliens were the phoenixes we made along the way. Well. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's that's the phoenix. And uh, the cool birds and supernatural, supernatural fight it. And I yeah. don't hate it as Which much as I made normally it suck. do. But it's less it's definitely yeah, lamer. It, it wasn't as bad. Yeah. I mm. think I think Ben's right. If they had used that ash ashes thing, like the ashes can bring someone back to life thing. Yeah. That would have been I cool think as that would have been that would have been dope. Yep. Fuck yeah. Because then now there's a whole choice of like who do we bring back? Right. And you know that yeah that'd be so cool and if instead, they did that. Instead, they're going to use it to kill the mother, which is lame. But whatever. And instead, anyone everyone comes back at any time anyway. That so. is a yeah. that is a problem for next episode. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Indeed, 
Travis, speaking of, the next episode is called yeah. Mommy Dearest. Oh, no. What's it about? Oh, God. <sighs> Sam and Dean get dominated. <laughs> <laughs> Turns into a real Venus and Fur situation. <laughs> Going right into it. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. All right. Well, on that horrifying note, <laughs> the reason why it's horrifying is not men getting dominated. It's the mommy kink implication. Yeah. You monster. <laughs> Travis, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it does, we'll cry about it next week on Hey Aspen. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Please check out our website where you can find links to our social media at Havcast on Twitter and on Instagram, and then also our Facebook cast, but a supernatural podcast. Um, you can also find our Patreon where for $3 a month, we do another show called Let's Shag Ass, where we watch things supernatural actors have been in that are not supernatural. Um, I have been teasing that this month we were going to review Cats. But I've actually decided to put it off, and I have chosen something just as terrible to watch. So, yeah, that's going to be out in this next week. So be excited about it. It's going to be great. And by great, I mean it's going to be real bad. But What else will we mean when we say that? I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to watch this for LSA. It'll be great, a.k.a. this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I hope this supplants um, Devour as the new worst. Oh, no! I know! It's going to be so good for me. It's going to be great. Oh, God. Hint, Jane Lynch is in it. Oh, shit. All right, time to IMDb Jane Lynch for the next three days. I know, right? Yeah. All right. um, Are we watching Glee? No. I don't think there's been a supernatural actor in Glee. But if that's not the case, and there has been message mess dm me on twitter okay um thank you guys so much y'all are awesome we love each and every one of you until next time have fun and don't die bye all right Like, he, he'll just, like, paw at the floor and be like, yep, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. <laughs>